Just the other day, Amy Schumer posted a video on social media. She had this to say as she lay in a hospital bed in one of those hospital gowns. So it's the morning after my surgery for endometriosis and my uterus is out. The doctor found 30 spots of endometriosis that you removed. You removed my appendix because um, the endometriosis had attacked it. There was a lot, a lot of blood in my uterus. Uh, and I'm, you know, sore. Uh, and I have some, like, gas pains. But other than that, I already feel that my energy is getting better, I think, uh, is what she, she was getting at. Her energy is already getting better. That is a day, the morning after she had her uterus and her appendix removed for endometriosis. Uh, she's not going to be able to have another child. They had uh, expressed that that probably wouldn't be an option, uh, earlier on. And they do have one child named Jean, who is absolutely adorable. If you watch that, Amy Schumer learns to cook because her husband is a world class, uh, cook. And they did this cooking show while they were uh, locked down somewhere in upstate New York, I think, during the pandemic. But it got me thinking, and maybe you had the same thought. Wait a minute. I thought endometriosis only had to do with uh, your uterus, not your appendix. So we reached out. Emma Wheeland is president and co-founder of the Endo Educational Organization of Canada. So we've gone to the right place. Emma, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. I think this is a really important uh, segment. Oh, of course, Kelly. It's such an honor to be here. And speaking about this, it's such an important topic. And we believe strongly it just isn't getting enough attention. So I'm so grateful that Amy Schumer did speak out and talk about her experiences. I mean, it seems very ex- extreme. Is this an extreme case of endometriosis or is this a common story that you hear all the time? It's extremely average. And that is the devastating part. Um, I myself, I'm only 22 years old. Um, and I had such an extreme debilitating case, I actually couldn't even wait for an appointment within our system within a year. Um, I was on opioids every week. I was in extreme debilitating pain, couldn't move without a walker or a support person. Um, the pain is so extreme, but we're gaslit so often, especially as those assigned female at birth. So unfortunately, this is very, very average. Now, it seems to me incredible that I could be so uninformed about endometriosis. Is this just a, a female... Uh, is it? Can we uh, classify it as a disease? What do we classify it as? Absolutely. Yeah, great question. So endometriosis is classified as, you know, a systemic inflammatory disease. Um, it really, the proper definition is it's tissue similar, but not the same as the endometrium, which is what you're referring to, like within the uterus. Um, so we really don't know much about it. We just know that this tissue similar, but not the same is found elsewhere in the body. Um, so it's, it's really this big, big question mark still. It is classified as a disease. It's classified as a chronic disease that predominantly affects those assigned female at birth, but it affects a diverse population. It's been found in cis males. It's been found in the BIPOC community, obviously, the LGBTQIA2 plus community, but it's under research. So the only statistic we have is it's one in 10 individuals assigned female at birth. So it's 10% globally that could have this disease. But like I said, very little research. The scope is probably much larger. And what are the telltale signs? Is it because I I know people that say I had an endometriosis, I've dealt with it, uh, but they always talk about heavy periods. Is that the telltale sign? Does it only happen during a specific time in the month? What is going on in the body? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So since this is a systemic disease, it's actually found on every organ system in the body or it can be. <clears throat> so as we saw with Amy, uh, like myself, I had it on my bladder. I had it on my bowel. My appendix likewise was completely destroyed. And then within the pelvic organs. So the most common place is the cul-de-sac, which is within the pelvis. Um, after that, it is the bladder and the bowels and actually the thoracic area, which is involving the lungs, the diaphragm. Um, so symptoms are usually, you know, any pain. What I say to people is pain is not normal. And I think we're so... Uh, culture to believe that pain is normal, especially as, you know, quote unquote women. Um, but unfortunately it's not. So, you know, pain with your menses, definitely. Uh, but also ovulation, uh, pain breathing or trouble breathing, another symptom of endo pain with defecation or digestive pain at all, uh, urinary pain, kidney pain, any type of pain really could possibly be endometriosis. I'm reading here a quick uh, list of facts uh, that you sent over to our producer, Danny Stover. <laughs> Seven to 10 years on average for diagnosis. Why right. is that? Um, I kind of like to always refer to it as an issue of awareness and education, at least here in Canada. Um, it's different in every location. And these are really compounding factors that cause this huge delay. Released here in North America, awareness, education. So what that means is awareness. Nobody knows about it. And when they do, they have this idea that, it, like yourself, it's involving the uterus because mm -hmm. that's what we've been told. That's what our doctors are learning. So this education portion is not only just this idea in our society, but it's actually our doctors at a foundational level are learning that that's what endometriosis is. Or so I've been told through the medical professionals that I uh, work with. So, you know, it's this issue, uh, people don't know, and then they don't know how to help you. And then you don't know how to help yourself. So as an organization, that's really the gap that we're trying to fill and solve is that educational portion. Um, it, this is what I think is really uh, fascinating about this is that endometriosis, I wonder how much of this lack of awareness has to do with when people share that they've been dealing with this or they're getting surgery. We all just defer to, oh, that's a private area that's going to be a private, yeah. you, you know, area that you probably don't want to discuss. So do we as uh, women and people suffering from endometriosis or people that know, but do we have to be more probing in our questions or more open? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's everybody's so different, right? I think this is a, a really good place to land. There's huge, huge stigmas. And I think conversation, of course, is the number one thing to further uh, uh, awareness and education and advocacy is having conversations. But many people aren't willing to have the conversation. They've been fighting for so long. They've been talking to so many doctors. The last thing they want to do is fight with you and tell you what they're going through. So I think um, it's really a good gauge to just check in with people that have endo and just get a further understanding. It's not up for them to educate you. Go educate yourself. There's amazing mm -hmm. platforms in Canada, just like ours, that are doing amazing educational work. Um, so research it and then figure out how to support that person the best, just like any chronic illness. Huge stigmas attached, but understanding that this person did not choose this disease. And, um, you know, endo, because it's systemic, is not just about those private organs. It's so much more than that. It causes extreme organ dysfunction throughout the whole system. Mm -hmm. um, so we really need to widen our scope and understand that this is a very big disease and it involves needs a lot more attention. And we need to, as a society, be more supportive of people with endo. Emma, you're only 22. You said that off the hop. Um, yes. <laughs> the uh, Endo Educational Organization of Canada was created after, you know, your bout with endometriosis. Uh, is it, uh, you know, I understand that you had your appendix removed due to the severity of, of you know, your endometriosis. Um, it, it, I guess my question to you is, is it over or, or do you, are you going to be dealing with this forever? W what's the situation? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I've had three surgeries. Uh, 
my last surgery was when I was 20 years old. Uh, thankfully, that should be the last one for a while now. It was a specialized surgery called excision. And so the gold standard treatment for endometriosis right now is called excision surgery. It's a certain type of surgical technique. It involves taking the endometriosis lesions out by their roots. Um, and it has to be thoroughly done throughout the whole body or else symptoms may occur again. Uh, so I actually traveled out of country uh, to get that done because unfortunately I deteriorated so rapidly. Um, I was It was a year long wait here on the West Coast for a, an appointment with a specialist. And my mental health uh, was just not at a point where I could wait any longer. Because uh, as I mentioned, you know, this is just a such a terrible disease and to live in excruciating pain every day um, at, you know, just 18 to 20 years old, it, it takes a lot from you. So I did that surgery in 2019 and they found, you know, endo on the bowel, bladder um, and on the appendix. And it actually adhered too. So this is an interesting part of it is when the endo becomes more extensive, uh, it can cause certain organs to stick together and adhere together. So my ovary and my appendix and my fallopian tube were actually adhered to the side of my body, to my sidewalls. So every time I moved, those organs were being pushed and pulled. Um, so thank God I went and got this surgery done and they did a lot of really, um, innovative procedures and different things to try and help those organs not adhere again, because that is the number one risk. Despite removing the endometriosis, those organs can easily adhere again. So um, I'm about three years out remission now is what we call it. And uh, I would have to say that I have my life back. I'm so grateful to my family and friends. We pooled a bunch of funds together to make this happen. And um, yeah, I'd have to say that that is, it's been the best decision for me, but treatment's different for everybody. Um, at this point, I still deal with adenomyosis, which is what we kind of refer to as endometriosis within the uterus, within the lining of the uterus. And that's what a hysterectomy will solve is the adenomyosis. Um, and so I chose to keep my uterus. I'm hoping to have children. I'm just dealing with the chronic pain of adenomyosis and also the symptoms of remission, having to have lost so much body weight, so much muscle mass, being bedridden, you know, for almost a year straight. Uh, it's It's been a really long journey to try and find health and well-being again. But uh, this advocacy work is just makes it all a lot worth it to be helping people. You know, I've heard people uh, that, you know, just criticize Amy Schumer's comedy because she overshares. I'm so happy that she shared this. Uh, yeah. what she's going through on social media because it's been really informative talking to you. I think we can all uh, feel for you and what you've gone through at such a young age. And it's a real wake-up call to um, not only women to, to really pay attention to their body, but to uh, partners of women to, you know, really take their pain seriously. So what is your recommendation when it comes to uh, trying to get your your medical practitioner to take your pain uh, and the possibility of endometriosis seriously? Because I think that's probably a hurdle there, right? Absolutely. It's a massive hurdle. Cause like I said, these doctors, um, despite, you know, great intentions, just are not receiving the right education. So, I mean, the best thing I would do is, um, I hate the wording, but you know, educate yourself. It shouldn't be on you, but unfortunately it is right now as a patient. So educate yourself, educate your support system, make sure you have a support system that can help you through this journey. Cause it's going to be long. Unfortunately, that is just the reality. I cross my fingers. It starts to get shorter, but right now it is long. Um, and then from there, you know, start tracking your symptoms. What are your symptoms every day? Uh, how do they change if you are a menstruator? How do they change when you menstruate? Um, and then from there, bring in your medical documentation um, and really just fight for laparoscopic surgery. If you think you have probable endometriosis or your practitioner does, that's the best bet. That's the only way the disease can be diagnosed. And that's the biggest hurdle. It's not an easy blood test. It's not an easy ultrasound. We have to get in through an, a laparoscopic surgery and take a biopsy of a lesion or a tissue and actually take that to pathology to make sure that that is endometriosis. 
So that's what you want to get to if you want that diagnosis is that laparoscopic surgery. But you need to ensure that gynecologist or that specialist is actually savvy and knows about endometriosis. So when they're inside, they can actually identify the endometriosis and be able to take the pathology. From there, it would be then if you uh, just figure out what treatment works for you. So we really do say, you know, excision is the gold standard treatment, but it's not the best for everybody. Surgery sometimes is just not a good answer. So in that case, um, other approaches, pelvic physiotherapy can be very, very helpful. Um, acupuncture can also be very helpful. Painkillers, some people find that certain hormonal contraceptives or hormonal treatments can be helpful for a short duration of time. So usually six months is the recommended period. Um, and then from there, it's, it's a personal journey. So endo is different in every person. I know some people that are 45 years old and they just had a little bit of pain every now and again, they found out they had stage four endometriosis last week. Wow. Um, it's, so, in it's, it's like cancer. It's in stages. It is in stages, but the stages have nothing to do with the pain that a patient experiences. Uh, the stages are more actually contingent on fertility. So another wow. known symptom is infertility of endometriosis. Um, but so myself, I was only stage two, but I was in debilitating pain. And I meet very few patients um, who are in the same amount of pain as I was. Uh, not that it's a comparison, but just to put it in perspective. And I know people that, like I said, were stage four and they had little pain for their whole life, but then they found out that their whole uh, pelvis was absolutely covered and a bunch of organs had to be removed because they were destroyed. Wow. Emma, I really thank you for joining us. Uh, it sounds <laughs> like uh, it sounds like something that is, uh, you know, the stuff of nightmares endometriosis is something that we have to all get educated on. More research needs to be done. And I thank you for, you know, starting off many of us on our journey today, because I think you probably have uh, given people interest enough in endometriosis with what you're talking about to start Googling, start looking around, start going to the Endo Educational Organization of Canada, your website, and find out more about this uh, debilitating and very serious disease. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here today. And yeah, I'm just so grateful to be on the other side and be able to talk to you guys about it. Because like you said, it's an imperative conversation. It is the things from nightmares, uh, but people are still living that nightmare every day. So we need to be the voice for them. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate you. Emma Wieland is the president and co-founder of Endo Educational Organization of Canada.